Hello and welcome to the 21st episode of When I Was Your Age. I'm your host, Roland Parker, coming to you from the Christmas gift uh, wrapping station. And as always, it is a joy, pleasure, and a treat to have you here. Today's guest is Kat Chapman. I'm really excited to talk to her about anything and everything, uh, exercise science, CrossFit, um, and everything that she's into. Um, Before we get started with that, uh, I'll go through some of the housekeeping items. Make sure that you follow us on Instagram at WIWYAPod. And thank you so much for the support. We are currently at 936 followers, which has surpassed my my own personal Instagram. So thank you uh, for for all the love there. If you are listening for the first time, uh, consider giving us a follow. And you can do that on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, and you can watch episodes on YouTube as well. And all those links are available in the link tree in the Instagram bio. So without further ado, we're going to go ahead and bring Kat into the stream. Kat, how are we, how are we doing? How's it going with you? I am so good. Thank you for having me on. Um, I've never done this before, like maybe once before, but sure. this is, this will be a learning experience all around for me. Uh, so yeah, absolutely. So t- tell me, um, obviously you're at the, at the gym, um, any, any <laughs> holiday, any holiday plans coming up? Yes. So I have to work on Christmas. Um, just like an on-call thing, my family will be in town for just a little bit, but then they're going to go back out of town. So it'll just be me and my patients on Christmas, which sounds so sad, but I really, I, I love what I do. And so I'm okay with it. <laughs> it's a, yeah. And th- that'll, that'll be nice for them to, to be able to have you as a light on, on that day too. So that that's awesome. Um, but yeah, if you if you guys are not already, make sure that you follow Kat on Instagram. I'm gonna throw it up uh, in the stream, and we'll have it in the description of the podcast as well, so you can reach out to her there. Um, but let's get started with some uh, get to know you questions, and I'll, we'll start with where are you from, and where do you currently live? Yeah, so I was born and raised in Birmingham. I went to Hoover High School. Um, honestly, I don't really like telling people that because they're like, oh, is that the two-a-day school? And I'm like, yeah, that's a little bit before my time and sucks going to a football school because I swam in high school and people are like, oh, we had a swim team. Yeah, mm-hmm. we did. Um, no one cares though. Anyways, um, and I really only left for undergrad. So I did undergrad for three years in Auburn and then I came back for PT school in Birmingham and then landed a job um, locally. And so I've just kind of been here ever since. I love Birmingham. I still kind of want to move to the panhandle. I loved it in Florida. I got to live down there for a little bit, but for now, just still in Birmingham, but no real ties here except for my gym, which I'm here right now on a Sunday afternoon. So I love, I love it. <laughs> that That's awesome. I, uh, yeah, that the, you mentioned two a days. That's a big um, way that I would often like try to like connect people to like where I'm from mm-hmm. and stuff. I was like, okay, are you familiar with two a days? Did you ever watch that show? They're like, yeah, I think so. I was like, okay. So I, that was like my rival high school basically. So like, mm-hmm. so we, it was, it was always, did you know anybody that was ever on the show? Like, did you, no, no, <laughs> no, and I don't know. I graduated high school in 2016, and I think Two a Days was on in like 2005. Right. And so we were like in what elementary school? It's been a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, I didn't know anybody. <laughs> yeah, I, I distinctly remember like going to like a football game, and uh, some of the signs that like my school made were like, it only takes us one a day. So kind of uh, making fun of that. So I thought, I thought that was fun and, and funny, obviously. Um, 
it's a Hoover was very dominant um, at, at that time. So it was, it was working. Um, but let's, let's see what uh, we touched on it a little bit, but what do you do? So I'm a physical therapist. And when most people think of that, I think they think of outpatient orthopedics. So you see just big box therapy places just kind of scattered all around town. Like, oh, I had a shoulder surgery. So now I go see a physical therapist. That's not me. Could not be further from me. Um, in all frankness, I don't enjoy that setting at all. Like I've tried it. I love it. I love the people learned a lot, but I'm like, mm, not for me. Um, I'm a physical therapist in an acute care setting. Um, and if that's okay with you, I'm going to take a second to explain that. Cause I think sure. that confuses yeah. a lot of people. They're like physical therapy in the hospital. Like, what do you even do? Um, sometimes I ask myself that exact question. Um, but so basically if physical therapy was like a spectrum, acute care, like being in the hospital, being very ill, that's your like day zero kind of, and then outpatient physical therapy, like what you probably think of when you think of therapy is like day 200. I'm at day zero. Like I am with those people. A lot of times I'll see them from the time they go on a ventilator, go on life support, whatever it might be until they leave the hospital. And a lot of what I do is I kind of make the recommendations and try to bridge the gap between where they go next. So for instance, um, a lot of people, when they've been in the hospital for a long time, they've been in a bed or whatever it might be, you get weak. If you don't do anything, you get weak. Yeah. And so my first job is early mobility. So we know that the outcomes for people, um, that start moving earlier, like they tend to be better than if these people are just laid up in the bed all day. So that's right. like first and foremost. But then beyond that, like beyond getting them moving in the most functional way possible, I help dictate, okay, do they need to go to rehab? Can they just go home with some help from their family? Um, do they still like sometimes they go to places called a long term acute care facility? And so they're still sick, but they're not sick enough to be in the hospital like at that time. Um, so I just have to kind of bridge that gap between day zero in the hospital and what comes mm. next. So. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's so interesting. I, I've got to ask it in, in kind of looking at what interventions you're going to put in place, like where, where to send people and like what course of action is appropriate. Like what are the factors that you look at for making those decisions? Cause that, that's really interesting. Yeah. So a lot of it, you have to look at functionality, right? So if these people can't even get out of bed, um, or if they can't like roll from side to side to help their caregiver, like take care of them. And they were able to do that before they came, they probably need some sort of rehabilitation. Mm -hmm. Um, and there's two types of rehab. One is a uh, long-term or excuse me, inpatient rehab, um, tends to be a little bit higher intensity. Those are for the people that can tolerate it. And then you have like kind of the lower, I don't want to say the lower side of that, but for people that need rehab, but they might not be able to tolerate a whole lot of it, something like a skilled nursing facility. Um, basically, if they are not able to do most of the things that they could do before they went to the hospital, more than likely they need some sort of rehab. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes people come in and they're fine after a day. And in that case, I'm like, I love it. Like, that's great. Um, but if, you you have to take into consideration their social factors as well. And so someone could be okay in the hospital with me helping them, but when they go home, they live alone. And so mm -hmm. it's really not feasible that or safe that they could go home, um, if that makes sense. And so that's also, you look at function and then also the social factors that they have going on to see if it, it is safe. So. Gotcha. Got that. That's cool. That I, it's a, I, I, I like the idea too of like, all right, 
a lot of like if then statements like, all right, if you can't roll over, then like, obviously we're going to start there, but then like just figuring out as you go, like what's the appropriate course of action. That's very cool. Um, uh, ne next question is how old are you? This kind of comes from the idea of um, the theme of the podcast is people kind of in and around the same age, but how old are you? Um, in my head, I'm still just a baby. I'm like, I am 18 years old, but chronologically I'm 26 years old. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, I uh, I identify with with that. I I the last like several birthdays that I've had, I've been like, oh, I'm 22 or 23 probably. Um, and it's like I just always kind of resort to that, like in what, mm -hmm. what I think of uh, in internally. But it's uh, that that's so funny. I I'm glad I'm not alone in that. Um, what piece of media are you currently enjoying? Book, podcast, music, TV, anything that's kind of uh, your your go to right now? It could be a guilty pleasure. Uh, could be, you know, for enrichment or anything like that. What do you, what do you look to right now? Okay. So book wise, honestly, I, so I'm a new grad. I graduated last December. It's been really hard for me to like, like reading. Cause I just mm. basically spent the last six, seven years of my life in school. I, I never wanted to read again. Um, my undiagnosed ADHD has me with 10 books on my bedstand and I've, and I've read like three or four chapters out of all of them. Mm -hmm. um, and I just kind of like jump around. Um, so that's in terms of books. I couldn't tell you what I've started and what I've finished in terms of books. Um, podcasts. I am a big like medical murders person. And that sounds oh. really bad because I work in the like healthcare, healthcare system, but it's fascinating to me. Right. Um, like just like Dr. Death. I don't know if you've ever listened to that before, but like stuff like that is fascinating to me. I love true crime. Um, yeah. I like That's true a, I, crime. I, I, Trash I, TV, I, like 90 day fiance. I hate admitting oh, yes. to that one, but I, <laughs> I love just zoning out watching 90 day fiance. Mm, I 90 day fiance and like shows like it. Um, I was introduced to them by my wife and it was really tough for me to watch initially just because like the secondhand embarrassment, I would like have like a physical, like visceral reaction to some of the really like embarrassing situations. I was like, I've got to stand up and go in the other room because you guys <laughs> are being so weird. Um, but does it that you also get some really sweet moments out of, out of that too. It's not nice to see um, from a medical, not, not quite as dark as um, a, a medical murder podcast, but have you listened to Scamanda? Yes. And oh. that like, repulsed me on a visceral level because my mm. sister had cancer when she was little and I've just kind of grown up in the cancer community. And so mm -hmm. that it, that one made me almost mad. I had yep, to finish it because I had to finish what I started. Ironic because I can't even finish a book. But that, yeah, that one was, that was yeah, very good. That, it was, it, it was a tough list. I just like couldn't believe the, the scale of it all and like the lengths that they would go to. Like one thing that they kept highlighting in the show was that like, if she had just taken some of these skills and like the, uh, the charisma that she was using, she could have like with less work, like just made a decent living for herself. <laughs> um, it's a, it's, 
it was like if she had just applied it to the right direction um Absolutely. yeah so that, it's a tough listen but it's a it's a really good one i was i i just like couldn't believe at some of the links that she was going to the, but that that's a good one listen to scamanda that's a shame uh we'll we'll plug there um what, what is something that you'd consider a luxurious necessity um and to kind of frame this question i i think about it in terms of like something that um accentuates or improves like work life or even home life or any direction that you want to take it i've seen a lot of different answers for me personally a nice cup of coffee is one that i um kind of think of is like blurs the line of like what something i need and something i want so what is that to use there's something that you think of the first thing that comes to mind is i call it my sunday steak and so like every single sunday i grill myself a steak and I do like potatoes and then I'll make myself a little mocktail. I've been on like a mocktail kick with like electrolytes, nice. sodium, potassium. Um, I'm a little bit crunchy. So I do, um, gosh, I can't remember the name of it now. Like a dark cherry juice, which is mm -hmm. really good for sleeping. And it's just like a really nice Sunday reset. And I get myself like a nicer steak. And then also the coffee thing. Life is too short for bad coffee. I'm not going to check yeah. something down just because it's coffee. Um, I have coffee, cold brew on tap in my fridge. And that's just like my little happy when I wake up in the morning. Um, oh, so yeah. coffee, a good steak. Um, that's all I got. Nice. It's a, it's, it's, it's a, um, uh, one, one of the previous guests, uh, was, was, was my friend Jack. Um, and he's the executive chef, um, um, at, at a restaurant in Maryville. Um, and his, we, we have a tradition of giving guests the opportunity to ask a question to the next guest. And his question was, how do you like your, your steak cooked? Um, which was funny because, the next guest that had to answer that question was a vegetarian. So um, oh, no. it, it's, it's a, where it worked out really funny that way. Um, but how do you, how do you like your steak cooked? A little bit less than medium. Like I can't do rare, but mm -hmm. I need a solid amount of pink in the middle. Yeah. I, I get you. I it, enough to preserve the tenderness component, mm -hmm. but uh, like, I don't want it to be too, too chewy gamey. Um, but still I, I like the, the crust component. Yeah. Like I need, I need that. That's that that's in there. Any like crazy off the wall seasonings or like salt, pepper, that's it. Yeah. Salt, pepper, garlic. But then the trick is you have to reverse sear it. And mm, so okay. just 12 minutes each side, maybe 10, it depends on how thick the steak is like 10 minutes on each side in the oven at like two fifty. garlic, salt, pepper. And I do a little bit of bacon grease. Cause it just like, just bakes yeah. in the flavor. And then in a really hot skillet, sear it two minutes each side. And then it gives you like a good steak every single time. You're welcome. Yeah. Um, yeah. But reverse Love searing that. is the ticket, I think. So yeah, definitely. I, that more and more I'm coming to understand that that's how like a lot of professional kitchens do it. They're, they'll do it in sous vide rather than the oven, but like the, the searing it off for the, for the crust at the end. Mm -hmm. So such a, such an interesting process. Love that. Um, do you have any any bits that you're doing inside jokes with yourself or with others or reoccurring kind of uh, sayings or things like that? You know, I really don't think that I do. Um, any recurring bits? Mm -hmm. For 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 me lately, it's been um, 
anytime one of one of our girls is like behaving, let's say less than optimally, I'll just like start like saying out loud, like what, like the listing on Facebook Marketplace, like for, uh, like for for them to like give them away. I was like, well, like I said, I could just do like zero zero dollars and like free pickup, and like <laughs> it would be fine from there. Um, but that that's been that's been one for for me lately. Um, but no, no, like inside jokes or like running, uh, running sayings, like, let's say like in, in the, in a workout set, like a knowing glance to someone across the gym, you're like thinking and saying the same thing. Unfortunately, but also fortunately, cause I'm an introvert, I train alone most of the time. So like I train between like four to six in the morning, typically, um, sometimes like three 30 to five 30 in the morning. It just depends on what time oh. I want to get to work. Um, in terms of bits, I swear at myself a lot when I work out, so I'm not going to say any of those things. Sure. Um, it's just my motivational speech to myself, I suppose. There you um, go. I'm sure I say stuff in the hospital, but nothing like comes to mind. Um, yeah, let me think on that one. Well, gotcha. If, it, if anything kind of strikes you in the middle of the the podcast, feel free and and okay. circle circle back to it at any at okay. any point. Um, given the opportunity to replace the national anthem with any song on your playlist, what song would you choose? And tell me a little bit about that. Okay. I can try and give you some examples too. If I that, love an example. So, all right, perfect. So, uh, one that I've heard up a couple of times is free bird kind of specifically this, the solo piece. Like it's a, that that's one direction people go is, um, you know, kind of evoking the patriotism, but it's uh, like fortunate son, free bird, the, those kinds of songs. Um, and then also I've heard people go in a completely different direction of like, I just think it's really funny if um, we all had to stand up at like a baseball game and it was my humps playing over the radio. Like it's just, just like the, like those kinds of answers too. So any direction that you feel called to go there is, is very welcome. Um, but what we do with this answer is we compile all the answers into a playlist on Spotify and that is listed in the, um, in the link tree on Instagram too. So you can follow that, listen to it, uh, while you're at the gym and stuff like that too. Have you heard of the Spotify playlist and it's called songs that get white people turned? <laughs> no, uh, no, but I'm going to, I'm going to guess like Mr. Brightside as like number one. Okay. For that. So what comes to my mind is like Mr. Brightside or Sweet Caroline, because I feel like nothing rallies the people like regardless of gender or race or orientation or whatever it might be like nothing rallies the people together like when Sweet Caroline comes on. And I think that yes. would be kind of nice. Just like it's everybody. We can't 100%. agree on much, but at least we can agree on like that being just a song that gets all. The yeah, people so. absolutely. So I had. I had the pleasure of going to a Red Sox game when I was like nine and that's like a really, it's a really big deal at Fenway to like sing that song. And I just remember looking around, I was like, Oh, everybody knows this song. <laughs> and it was like all like, it's like, I think a big deal to like the Red Sox like franchise. Um, but, uh, but that was my first experience with like sweet Caroline, like everybody like bump, bump, uh, like joining mm -hmm. into that. So I think that's a great answer. That's, that's perfect. Um, and last question before we kind of get into your story is how do we know each other? How do we know each other? So swimming, like the all five individuals that swim in the state of Alabama, um, <laughs> right. 
Uh, I, I guess that was VSA, wasn't it? Um, with, mm-hmm. um, oh my gosh, that was so so long ago. That yeah. was like 18, 18 years ago. That was a long time oh ago. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that's that's that makes so me feel wild. old. I'm still eighteen. I didn't know I was on a swim team when I was a fetus. Here we are. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so my my brother Max, he kind of stuck stuck with swimming for for much longer, and he swam for for a couple of years in in college too. But it was a uh, no, it was it was great. I I remember um, like so much of like that time, like really really fondly. I was never I was never that good, but I loved like getting to go hang out with with everybody and doing doing something doing something hard. Yeah. I think that's why I stuck with it for so long. I hated swimming by the, from the time I was like eight on, like hated it. I literally swam because I was like, this is where my friends are. Mm -hmm. So there's something to be said about positive peer pressure sometimes. Yeah, no (laughs) no doubt. Um, Do you, do you pursue swimming in any capacity still? Not really. So I do a couple competitions or I've done a couple and they have to, they have swimming in them. Um, And so I swim like once or twice a year. It's kind of fun because it's like a neat party trick. Um, yeah, not everybody's many. like, "Oh shoot, cat can like really swim." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it's like really not that impressive. Like if I went up next to like a swimmer, I would mm-hmm. still get my fanny whooped. But in a CrossFit competition, like no one knows how to swim, and right. so they're like, "Wow, she's so fast!" And I'm I'm really not going very fast. Um, yeah, but it, it Just, sure does make you feel cool for the, like the the one minute that you're swimming. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's great. All right. Well, let's get into a little bit more of what it is that you do and everything like that. So I, I'd like to touch on kind of both aspects with PT and, uh, and CrossFit here, but let's maybe start with the CrossFit piece. How did you maybe point A to point B, how did you connect with gym, but with the gym and, and CrossFit? Like what, what was the transition there? Did it start out as swimming and kind of meld into something different? Yeah, that's what I'm kind of suspecting in my head, but want to hear how it went for you. Yeah, so I started club swimming when I was five years old. And so like, that's a lot on a little five-year-old body, but it's whatever. Um, and then, so I quit club swimming when I was 14, right before I went into high school. And then I did high school swimming those four years but I kind of wanted something to, I needed to stay active because I'd been swimming since I was five. Like I needed something. Um, And so I started doing bodybuilding at the YMCA. I call it bodybuilding. I didn't know what I was doing. Um, And then someone taught me, um, someone taught me how to do like the Olympic lifts. So cleaning and uh, cleaning, jerking, um, snatching. And I loved it. I like, I fell in love with that. I did my first weightlifting meet my senior year of high school, Um, And then my friend brought me to a CrossFit gym, which CrossFit is kind of based loosely on those Olympic lifts. They're kind of integrated into it. Um, But what I appreciated about CrossFit and I've left the CrossFit community, quote unquote, a couple times just like to do something else. Like I've done bodybuilding again, like a little bit of power building. So some powerlifting, some bodybuilding. And then I've also done just weightlifting. Um, I love CrossFit because it kind of taught me how to value my body for what it can do instead of what it looked like. And this is not about knock on bodybuilding at all, but in terms of bodybuilding as a quote unquote sport, you are being judged solely on how you look, right? Mm -hmm. You 
can put in like hours and hours and they do put in hours and hours just for someone to be like, I'm sorry, like your butt cheek and your hamstring, like the tie in doesn't look good enough. And you're like, I'm sorry, what? Versus like CrossFit, 500 pounds is 500 pounds. A 300 yeah. pound back squat is a 300 pound back squat. And then, so there's like a lot of objectivity in that, that I can appreciate. Um, and so every single time that I've like left CrossFit, I've stayed in a CrossFit gym, but I've like always come back in some mm -hmm. form or fashion. So CrossFit just started as a way to stay in shape. And then I just stay for the community. And I think that's something that you hear a lot of people and you're like, Oh, like whatever, like you stay for the community, but you really do. Um, like I said, I started my senior year of high school, which is 2015 and it's 2024 basically now. And so I've had two shoulder surgeries since then. I've taken a lot of time off, but every single time I come back, I'm like, I miss these people. Mm -hmm. And there's something to be said about having people behind you, especially women um, that are genuinely rooting for you to be successful. And if you walk in our doors or like really any gym stores, you will find like ages, like all ages. Like I think our youngest member is six, 17, but she started when she was 16. And at one point we had a man that was like 70 years old. So like from 16 to 70 years old, different body types, backgrounds, whatever it might be, but you all have one common goal. And like, I just, I won't ever stop being grateful for that. Yeah, absolutely. Cause I think, I think a lot of people's experience in like a commercial gym is that so th there's so many different like just varying like interests like some people are there to like rehab like something some things are people are just kind of walking around some people like they that they achieve that social that socializing component some people are bodybuilding some people are doing some of these olympic lifts um, some people just like to go pop in the sauna and like walk on the treadmill and like all of those are like good pursuits, but the, the, the community element of like that, having that binding together, that feel I've heard so many people talk about that before, even though I've not necessarily been plugged into those spaces. Like that's what I keep hearing from people, um, who are in those spaces. They're like, yeah, I, I love it. I, I love you know, sharing, sharing, like achieving my goals with, with someone else. Um, that's, that's such a, like a, like a really powerful thing. So, um, how, how does that manifest itself then the, the community, um, that you would, could you give me maybe like a specific example of something that you appreciate about it? The accountability of it. Cause I think we just need to acknowledge the fact that life is life. And just because I live some of my life in a gym does not mean that the gym is my life. Mm -hmm. And every single member in our gym, like they all have things going on outside of what is happening here. And so there are times when they just like don't show up for a couple days, but especially in our morning class, like shout out to the morning classes, they'll just ask, they'll be like, where has so-and-so been? And then they'll text them and they'll be like, hey, where have you been? And then you know what brings them back in the door? It's that. And I think yeah. that you just like don't get that in a lot of other settings. Because if I go, I go to a bodybuilding gym sometimes in Birmingham. And it's just because I want the quiet and I use the stair machine. That's all it is. But no one's no one's going to notice if I don't show up. Whereas if I don't show up for a week here, people are gonna be like, what is wrong with Kat? Like, I need to text her. I need to check on her and see when she's coming back. And so I think that that's just, it's, it's special. Yeah, definitely. The, I like what you said too, about the, the feeling of like being missed and like people checking in. It's even if it was something that, you know, wasn't a big deal. It's like, ah, I just had some stuff come up. I couldn't really 
make it in, but the, but the fact that people would still pursue you and um, kind of ask like, Hey, like everything all good. Like you haven't seen you in a bit. No, that's, that, that's awesome. Um, next piece here is uh, in looking at your Instagram um, uh, there, there are a plethora of letters um, in, in the description. So I want to kind of get a breakdown of what all of the, what they all mean. Um, so I've got PT, DPT, BS of exercise science and CFL two. So could we get a breakdown of what each of those mean, the requirements, the amount of time spent uh, on each and how, how you let's, uh, let's start there. I think. Um, we'll start with the easiest one. So CrossFit level two certification, I think it goes up to like level four, um, CrossFit one level one is kind of like the buy-in to coach, um, they teach you like the rudiments and then the level two course, they go further into like the actual coaching, professional coaching aspects of it. Beyond that, I don't know if I'll pursue that. I would love to, but there's also a minimum amount of hours that you have to coach. And mm-hmm. right now I've just had to kind of take a step back from coaching, which it like hurts my heart. But at the same time, there were things that I needed to prioritize. So that's all that level two is. Um, just shows is, there like a, is there like a programming component in, in the, in that coaching piece or is it? Do you mean like how to program? Yeah. Not really. Mm-mm. Not really. Okay. Well, it's, it's like a hands-on course is what okay. I would call it. Um, and really, really breaking down the movements into their components so that you're able to like spot the mechanical flaws better. And it's a lot on how to lead your class more smoothly and that sort of thing. It's an amazing course. Um, I had so much fun with it. A lot more fun than the level one, if we're being honest. Um, it was fun. Um, BS exercise science. So I... You okay to get into PT school? You can literally do whatever degree that you want to. You could be like an underwater basket weaver and have your BS in that. Um, my best friend majored in psychology. You can literally do whatever major that you want, um, as long as you meet the prerequisites for PT school. So, a lot of anatomy courses, chemistry. Um, I don't think I had to take calculus, I took calculus for fun. Um, oh, yeah, as long as you meet the requirements, uh, you'll you can like apply. Um, I chose exercise science because that is what, that's probably the most common major, like exercise science, kinesiology. That's what people choose to go to PT school because a lot of the courses already kind of align with what Mm -hmm. you need for PT school. Um, And I had originally gone to undergrad to become a nurse. Um, I wanted to do nursing originally. And so I was just like, oh, exercise science. I don't really know anything about becoming a physical therapist. And I actually thought physical therapy as a profession was a freaking scam for the longest time. And so I was just like, oh, that sounds good. My advisor said exercise science. And I was just like, all right, sounds good. All right. nice. So that's a four-year degree. Um, I went ahead and did that one in three just because I wanted to move back to Birmingham sooner. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we're not going to go there. Ladies, you know, if you're dating someone, just just don't worry about it. Stay in school for four years and enjoy every minute of it. Anyways, that's what I would go back and tell my younger self. Um, And then in terms of PT school, uh, the current requirements to become a physical therapist is a doctoral level program. And so that was three years. It was two years of a didactic portion. Um, So all of the book stuff and then one year of um, clinical rotations. So three, 10 weeks okay. and one, five week. And yeah, so a little bit of things. <laughs> gotcha. 
All right. Well, th- well, thank you for the for the breakdown there. I feel like that's so much better better picture of it all. Um, what it, I, I'd love to know if there was any kind of difficult part in per, or something that didn't come naturally to you in pursuing those, and maybe at all stages of um, pursuing that. Like I know for me, there were things that popped up in undergrad. I only went to undergrad like that. Like just didn't jam with me. Um, were there were there parts of your your education journey that were harder to you and you had to overcome it or like things that you, know, you just weren't as good at naturally I'd love to to hear about that so undergrad honestly I look back and I was not a very good student in undergrad like I made good grades but my study habits were subpar right I would mm-hmm. listen in class and I would read something before and that was all I did. So I would read the material the night before class and I'm like, all right, I'm good. Never had an issue with that. And then, so when I got to grad school, it was like a smack in the face because not only did I have to learn all this information, I started PT school the year of COVID. And that was just a nightmare in and of itself because I basically just homeschooled myself throughout the entire first year. So I had to learn how to study and I had to learn how to study on my own which I was homeschooled. So I was like, Oh my gosh, this is going to be so easy. It was not easy. It was not easy to like teach myself doctoral level classes like chemistry or not chemistry, like anatomy and physiology and normal physiology and biomechanics. It's really hard to learn that stuff on a computer. So honestly, all of first year was a complete smack in the face. Um, Still made decent grades, but honestly, that year of COVID, it was just straight survival. I've never been more miserable in my life. Never probably been in a worse mental state than I was that first year of COVID. And I don't think that that's an isolated experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that was just like universal trauma. <laughs> yeah. But I think doing grad school during that was even more trauma. It was that that was awful. Yeah. Well, I, I think that any kind of graduate program like that there's an inherent level of difficulty in in that like just to begin with especially if there's like a medical kind of focus like that has always been intimidating to me but having having covid on top of that and having like you said the elements of like teaching oneself uh man i just i don't know i i probably would have failed out if i'm honest like i i i need the practical kind of like engaging with the professor and the topic and like getting, getting their feedback on stuff. Uh, otherwise I'm just not going to engage. So like the, the fact that you made it through is like, yeah, I mean, that's, that's really impressive and sorry that you had to go, <laughs> go through that. Um, I didn't make it alone. I think that's important to point out. Like I had yeah. a really good group of girls that just pulled me through and I will never, stop being grateful because I literally was going I, every morning I'd wake up I'm like, this is it. I'm going to drop out of PT school. And <laughs> I, I, I almost did a couple times. Like I had a, we have a man that teaches us CPR and I love him. Like he brought me down to the lab and he taught me how to intubate someone. And I was like, I'm going to learn I'm, how to be a respiratory therapist. So I was genuinely going to drop out of school. You're going to just switch. Yeah. If it hadn't um, been for those girls, I, I would have dropped out in a heartbeat. Yeah, that, that's what, well. I, I love that that element of we've we've touched on community um, already, but tying that back into your you know uh, your graduate school experience that that's so important. Like it's it's important at all all levels of life. Um, so 
one thing I'd, I'd like to know, how does your your education and, and your time spent there, how does that affect your approach to training? Um, and then I, I, I'd also kind of like to know, how does that approach, you know, working with, with patients or clients or people in the gym? Um, like what, that's it, were there, were there specific, um, to, I, I don't know, topics that you're like, Ooh, I feel like I can uh, use this in, in, in like a cue for myself when I'm, when I'm lifting or just, uh, other things that maybe you, you learned about the way you relate to information. Um, how, how did that affect everything? So, okay. So just to clarify, you're asking, what did I take from school that I use in like my own personal training? Sure. Let's, let's start there. Yeah. Okay. Um, honestly, I would just kind of say the biomechanics and a little bit of the anatomy because muscles, I think people, we inherently think in our head, this is the way the muscle works. And like, this is true to an extent, but all muscles are like, it's physics. So if you like change angles, you're changing like the fiber direction, you're going to change like a bunch of different things. And so sometimes I just use my knowledge of biomechanics. I'm like, okay, if I want to bias my glutes more, I need to do like ABC with my hips or whatever it might be. Um, so that's mm-hmm. the only thing I probably took from grad school in terms of that. Um, okay. Yeah. I think that's all I got there. <laughs> gotcha. The, the, the direction of, of the stresses and stuff. Yeah. yeah. The biomechanics. That's all I got mm-hmm. from it. Um, uh- and so, uh, love that. Where was there in, in working with like patients and clients, is there any, anything in, um, in the coursework that kind of guides you on how to engage with people? Or is that something that you have to learn through just experience? I think you're going to open up Pandora's box there. Okay. Let me just preface this by saying that all of my professors did the absolute best they could during COVID. And when I was in the darkness, when I was in the thick of it, I was like, I freaking hate this. They, they just like, don't care. Um, and I, 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 once I'm out of that, I'm like, okay, that wasn't true. Everybody was just doing the best they could. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of like exercise dosing and actually teaching people fundamental movement patterns, we did not learn any of that in school, like nothing, everything I know about dosing my patients in terms of exercise and how to progress people with exercise. I learned being a coach and I learned from my clinical instructor, shout out to Amanda Hubbard. She was amazing. Like everything I possibly learned, I learned from her. Didn't really learn anything from school. Um, and, and like, that's okay. That is part of being a professional. If your education stops once you graduate, I don't want anything to do with you, quite frankly, because what they're teaching us in school is it's behind. A lot of things are behind. And a lot of times evidence-based practice, like it's not going to catch up with what you learn. And so I don't want to stop learning. And so I'm thankful for the people that taught me the things outside of school that I needed for practical application. Um, I honestly forgot what the question was. (laughs) No, 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 that's really good. Well, we're kind of leading into something that I want to touch on is that like in, in looking outside of your, you know, you know, the standard education experience, what are the, what I kind of think of as like resources, especially for exercise science um, are like content creators, like people who like, like a Brett Contreras, uh, Lane Norton, like a, like people like that, who they can take some of those studies or, you know, build them out themselves. And, um, 
it's like kind of re- relate it to uh, like help help other people who aren't in those spaces like relate to it and understand it and give them like some practical application of like hey if you want to build your glutes like you should be you should be doing these these things um but like are what i want to are there um any any accounts or people that you kind of look to in those spaces or uh, otherwise that um that you look to for like inspiration uh, in, in that way or or new information um sorry i feel like i'm giving you nothing but long-winded questions it's okay it's okay i'm just doing my best to process um i'm a terrible auditory processor um let me preface this by saying if you're getting your information from Instagram, just be wary of like who you are trusting. If someone mm-hmm. has a huge financial gain, like take right. that with a grain of salt, right? That being said, um, I believe in the KISS principle when it comes to exercising, which is just keep it simple, stupid. And that is the argument that most of the population, like they are going to benefit from any amount of exercise that that they can do. So I don't really think that the general population needs to really get into the weeds of things. I'm just like, go outside, get on the treadmill, do whatever it is, get on the Stairmaster and just like go move your freaking body. Um, Because I also think, and I know based off of, that is one thing I learned in school, let's backtrack, like motor learning principles I remember one time my professor, and I love him, Dr. Loman. He is so great. I probably shouldn't say the full quote because he did swear. But basically, you have to learn what the lines are so you can mess them up later, right? Mm -hmm. And so when people are first starting out, just learn the lines. Like, go move your body. Like, figure out, like, what's going on. You are going to have to make a lot of mistakes in the process before your brain can even register that that is an issue does that make sense yeah yeah so i have a personal training client who i love so dearly she's the only one i have right now and it's just because she just brings so much joy into my life um shout out to laura in the beginning i gotta be honest i didn't really care what her form looked like do i know what good form looks like yes but do i think that her body needed a chance to explore all of these potential things that she could screw up like absolutely however the, the key there is that I'm not going to put her under loads that are potentially going to be detrimental to her. So, of mm-hmm. course, I'm not going to, like, put 200 pounds on her back squat and be like, all right, I want you to do this Here with the go. worst form possible. But if she's got a 25-pound barbell on her back and she wants to explore what feels right and what feels absolutely horrible, like, mm-hmm. I'm going to give that to her. You have yeah. to learn the lines before you can F them up. Yeah, and absolutely. And so – in terms of Instagram influencers, just take it with a grain of salt, I would say. Yeah. Um, I think just just keep it simple. Squatting, benching, deadlifting, pulling from the floor, pressing things overhead. Just start with the basics. And then once you kind of feel comfortable with the basics, right, those are your lines. You've learned those lines. Then get into the nitty gritty because um, there's mm-hmm. too much information out there, I would argue. And oh, so yeah. that's where I think people struggle with getting started and maintaining their fitness level. There is so much information. And you're like, who do I trust? Like, who do I listen to? This this influencer says this, but influ- this influencer says this. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing about research studies is you can probably find, if I go into PubMed right now, I can find a research article that's going to back up whatever point I make, however asinine that point is. Yeah. Okay. And so a lot of people will pull this data, but they don't know how to analyze the data, mm-hmm. right? Just don't even know how to analyze the the abstract either. 
Yeah, they'll they'll like read the conclusion. They'll be like, "All right, I'm gonna base my entire training off of this." And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa! It was like a one. It was one study, and it had six people in it. Now you're gonna change the entire course of your life because of right. it. Like, you have to learn what works for you. Mm-hmm. And you just kind of got me on my soapbox. So sorry, I just. No, it's good. It's, I grow it. It's, I think now, I, I think, I think especially to like my kids that they're going to grow up in a world that like, they will never know what life was like without influencers and like the, and that kind of um, profession. Um, so uh, helping them to navigate like, Hey, like if you want to engage with specifically like fitness content like you need to be wary of maybe some of these things if if people have a financial stake in and and the information that they're putting out um like they you know create a problem and then but i have the product that can help fix it or i have the modality and the programming that can help fix it um then yeah it's 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 extremely hard and discouraging to to navigate sometimes but it's helpful too that like you can you can find some things that are really helpful, like some ways to like, oh, I never would have thought of tweaking my form or doing this accessory movement or something like that. Is there any any um any like really positive experience that you've had with like a creator or that you're they like gave you gave you some information that you're like, oh, I never thought about it this way or anything like that? I feel I I see you like cringing and you're I'm like, oh, maybe not. No, like I'm just trying to think. Um... Honestly, I try not to engage with that too much. Mm -hmm. I consider myself a moderately fit person. That being said, I also struggle from like paralysis by analysis is what my old coach called it. Yeah. And I think that that's the problem that like quite a few people have is like I said, there's so much information out there. You're always in, this might just be my experience, but I always feel like when I look at that sort of thing, I'm like, okay, what I'm doing is not good enough. And that's not. That's not necessarily true. And that's also not me saying like, I need to never change anything in my training. Cause again, that goes back to the learning thing. Um, But honestly, no, the Renaissance periodization. So RP, they put out a lot of good stuff about like diet. Um, Yeah. Not like dieting, but just like dietary things. Um, mm-hmm. I like a lot of their tenets. It's a little bit too rigid for me. Um, but I think that they put out a lot of good content in terms of that. Um, Ice Physio. So they are like they're physical therapists, but they're like big into teaching geriatrics functional things. So it's not mm-hmm. just, um, all right, this is an old person that I have in front of me all they need to be doing is doing five step ups on a box. Like, no, when I had geriatric patients, we were deadlifting. We were doing baby lunges. Yeah. Cause you know what they need to be able to do. They need to be able to get things off the floor and they need to be able to get themselves off the floor. So right. I physio was a big one. Um, really like them. I would love to take one of their courses one day. Yeah. Those are the two. I don't trust nice. many people. I, I got to read the literature myself and make my own informed decisions off of it. Cause like I said, I can find anything to back up what I think. Yeah, um, definitely. people can find anything to back up what they think, and so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I I I love Renaissance periodization as a as a resource too. I've I've seen um from them. I've seen like, like a lot of like good cues for like bodybuilding type exercises of like, all right, I should tuck and think of like these things like when I'm lifting and has helped me kind of avoid injury um in a in a lot of ways, but. 
but yeah, it's, um, it's, it, it's hard to navigate probably with any subject, but I feel like fitness, um, it's, it's really kind of an ugly space, unfortunately. Um, which is why, why I, it's why I like to, to ask people about it is cause like a lot of their, like so much of what people experience with fitness, like the, their only way they're like getting their information is through social media. Um, so thank you. Yeah. Thank you for your, for your input there. Um, what 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 impact have you seen yourself making um is it you mentioned maybe like the one uh, specific client um but we could go patients or anything like that 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 you feel what 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 impact do you see yourself kind of having on others i feel like this is gonna be like i feel like this is gonna be me bragging on myself and i don't like to do that i just like to do my work and just know like rest in the fact that I did the best that I could. Um, the girl that I personal train, I guess that would be one of them. She'll always tell me, and it really makes my heart full. Like my confidence level in the last year has just gone through the roof. And like, I see it in her too. Like her energy is better. And so like, I'm grateful for that. But then also recently I had a patient who came for like a surgery and then he wound up intubated and, he was in the hospital for like 31 days. And I got to be the person that, you know, I got to be the person that like sat him up for the first time. I got to be the person that like helped him stand up for the first time. And he left me a little bit sooner than I thought he was going to, but it was like for the best, but he like grabbed my hand and he held it to his heart. And he was like, I love you. And the reality of the situation is like, I will probably never see him again. Unfortunately. Um, Hopefully I want him to stay out of the hospital, yeah. uh, but of course I would love to see him walking through those doors again and just see how he does like looking well, but it's just those little things. Um, I am very humbled by the fact that I get to be by the people like by people on some of the worst days of their life. And so like they, I hope they always just remember like there was one person that just never gave up on me. Um, I work primarily in the ICU. I love it in the ICU. Um, I just hope I can be that person for somebody. Um, but yeah, my little friend, I miss him. That's a, that, that's <laughs> you awesome. spend two, like an hour a day for two weeks straight with somebody and you don't feel like it's a lot until like they, they say that to you and they're like, you changed my life. And you're like, Oh, that's kind of nice to hear. That's, you, yeah, that's you don't no, get to hear it often. Good. No one ever wants to come back to the place where they were critically ill. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, hundred um, percent. But that and that that's really that's really nice that they felt felt comfortable to like sharing that that with you. Like, hey, like I appreciate it. Like everything that you've done for me. Like it's been such a light for this experience in here. No, that's that's awesome. Um. One one last question that I've got for you, and then I'll move into kind of the last section here is what what's in the future for you? Is there anything that you kind of think of in relating to fitness or um, or physical therapy or, or anything of the sort? So right now, as a new grad, I think I'm really just trying to get adjusted to life in the hospital um, because it's incredibly taxing, both emotionally and physically. Um, so honestly, just settling kind of more into a groove, 
I alluded to it earlier, but I was coaching. So I've been coaching CrossFit since 2019. And I just recently kind of took a step back from that. I mean, that was a very hard decision to come to because I love coaching. That also kind of fills my cup up. Um, and then in terms of fitness, I people always ask me, they're like, do you want to go to the games? And I'm like, absolutely not. There's nothing I want to do less because <laughs> maybe if I didn't have like a 40 plus hour a week job, I would maybe want to go. But at the same sure. time, I, there's so much more to me than like my body and what my body can do that I just want to exercise and like be healthy and be able to do two minutes of CPR without being out of breath. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. my body is not my own, my body for service for somebody else. And that doesn't mean I don't need to pour into my, like my own self, but just enough fitness to make myself feel happy. Cause yeah. it, fitness plays a role in mental health. When I don't exercise and I feel horrible. Um, yeah. I have grappled maybe in the future, way in the future. Um, I would love to do more like with geriatrics in their home not necessarily home health. Um, there's a lot of cash-based companies now that are doing things um, like in people's home, but it's like my shoulder hurts, but it's not with the geriatric population. I love geriatrics. They are my mm-hmm. absolute favorite. Um, so maybe something with that, but like I said, I just need to kind of get settled into my own groove first. So. Nice. Lo- love all that. Well, well, thank you so much for, for your time and kind of sharing it, your journey um, with that and just the way that you relate to the, um, uh, all, all of these spaces. Um, we, we touched on this earlier in the episode, but we give each guest the opportunity to ask a question to the next guest. Um, and then, so I'll ask you the, the question from, from Will Hopkins. He was the, um, the most recent guest. Um, and then I'll, I'll let you come up with a question to ask somebody else. But his question was, uh, who would you switch lives with, um, uh, for anybody in the world and why, why that person? For is how there, long? Is there any... I don't know. I guess for maybe the premise of this question, maybe, maybe permanently. Ah! I don't, that's a, but I, but I just don't know. That's a, it's a, if, if it helps you answer the question, we could pick a, a much shorter time frame. Let's go with like a week. If that helps okay. you the think of, think of it and answering it that way. Hmm. I have, I have a tough time thinking about who I would, I, I don't know what I would do. I, yeah. That's a really difficult question. Um, if you, if you make it like a week, like then I, I think I have an easier time, but even still, I don't know. It seems just, that's a, I tend to go like, uh, like some kind of like musical performer just to kind of get an understanding of like, I don't know this, the scope of it all. Uh, like if, so somebody who performs in like front of like tens of thousands of people, like what getting an understanding of what it means to be that for people, I guess that would be really interesting, but I wouldn't want that to be my life. Um, yeah. If that makes sense. I'm pretty happy with my life as is. Yeah. I'm like, I, I'm fine with it. I feel like I would want to be like my sister's golden retriever or something and just, <laughs> For my niece, just, it would be nice to, you know, like wake up and scream and someone just feeds you. And then, um, you, you get to take a nap. Mm-hmm. You don't even have to wipe your own butt. You just kind of like, just go for it. You know, oh, worth all my sister's golden. You just wake up, you eat breakfast. They take you on a run. You get to lay down the rest of the afternoon 
And then sometimes you get pet by a rabid toddler. Like it sounds all right to me. Nice. That sounds pretty good. That's a, Close the bubbles. Yeah, you've you've sold me on the golden retriever life. That sounds pretty pretty awesome. Belly scratches. A, no no doubt. All right. Uh, any any thought to the question you want to ask the next guest? What have you done for yourself today to benefit yourself tomorrow? Nice. Tomorrow me has well, all sorts of ideas. Today me is kind of tired. <laughs> it's a yeah, it's, uh, I feel that, and I, I feel like that's such a central piece of like what a relationship with like fitness should be. Is like there's a certain amount of like, well, like this this a little bit sucks, but like there's going to be a benefit for for the long run. You know, uh, to, I hope that I have really good bone density <laughs> as an as an old man because of the weights that I lift. Like that's that's one thing that I hope for, and and uh. A ton of other reasons but they... it's a real thing it's a real thing and i will say the people that have the best outcomes leaving the hospital they're the people that were doing things before they came to the hospital and that's just the reality of the situation and people think 25 minutes 30 minutes one hour of exercise a day a couple times a week is too much just wait until you can't see your family for weeks on end because you're in the hospital yeah that's it's tough yeah there's gotta gotta pay the toll yeah. Um, <laughs> it's a well it's a cat thank you so much for your time is there anything else that you'd like to say before we close out for the episode fitness related it's a sure any, anything um don't make it more complicated than it needs to be um i don't like to my sister once told me she was like you have a platform on instagram and i was like i don't even know what a platform is um but then i realized i was like oh i do have some people that follow me on instagram i just want to keep it as simple as possible so mm -hmm. if you are new to fitness and you are like i don't even know where to start don't get lost in the nitty-gritty of what other people have to say go to the gym pick a piece of cardio equipment walk on it for 10 minutes. It can be as slow as you want. Just keep moving for 10 minutes, pick a couple machines. The instructions are literally on that sucker and then do like four sets of eight to 10 as heavy as you possibly can start there. Learn the lines. You, you can mess them up later, right? Mm -hmm. Just do something for your future self, do something for your future spouse, your future kids, your future grandkids, like whatever it might be. And don't let yourself get caught in the noise of people saying that you need to do like more and more and more. Sometimes you don't have to do more. Sometimes yeah. you just have to start. Um, that's all I have to say. Just keep it simple and it'll be okay. I promise. Yeah. Uh, I, I love that. That's, that's awesome. Well, that is going to conclude um, the 21st episode of when I was your age, big thank you to Kat for taking the time to, to be on and talk about anything and everything fitness um, and what's going on in her life. Um, if you've made it this far in the episode, uh, make sure that you comment a dumbbell emoji on Instagram <laughs> so that we know that you've made it this far, but that's going to bring us to the end and we'll see you in the next one. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Yeah.